Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into The Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. Henry Lake and Jonathan Lowe tonight until 9 p.m. Christopher Tubbs. He's hanging out at the AEW wrestling stuff tonight. I think that Dan Cook will probably be in attendance. Um, They are diehards, and I appreciate it. Uh, I know that everybody appreciated meeting and getting a picture with uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, yesterday. That was pretty awesome, at least for me. Um, So those guys will have some fun tonight. Uh, Plenty of things to get to here on the show. We're going to have Steve Silton, business and sports attorney. He will join us for his uh, weekly appearance in studio at 6.30. But I wanted to um, discuss and talk about something that I think that you guys might have some opinions about and probably strong opinions about with regards to policing, um, not only in Minnesota, but also across the country. Um, And as always, 651-461-9226. That is the City's One Plumbing Talking text line. Uh, You can either text the show or call the show. And... It, it revolves around, this conversation revolves around my thought, in my opinion, that law enforcement will never be the same like we're accustomed to the majority of our lives. And I think that just we, we just need to accept it. Okay? And I'll repeat it. It's, it's just law enforcement will never be the same, and we need to accept that it's not going to get back there. After George Floyd and all of the high-profile police brutality cases that we've seen in the last decade, law enforcement um, is in a place that they've never been in. And what I mean by that is that if you're looking at the numbers, the amount of individuals that pursue policing as a career, it will never be what it was. In my opinion, it just we're not going to get back to that. And this isn't just about how folks across the nation look at the profession. Because clearly, there are a lot of Americans, a lot of us, and rightfully so, that are upset with the, the conduct that we've seen. Some of it, as we all know, is and was unacceptable. I think that we all can acknowledge that. But it's not just the people um, here locally and across the country that look at police officers different. It's also police officers themselves and potential law enforcement recruits. They don't look at their profession the same as they once did either. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. Any rational person, okay, and I said rational. Any rational person knows that police officers put their lives 
on the line every single damn day. They do. They are men and women that believe that they are capable of saving lives, protecting and serving all of us, and making the world in their community a better place. I think that most people believe that about police officers and law enforcement. And they should be commended for that. Because we live in a crazy world. There's a lot that's going on. And a lot of it ain't good. But I think that they, and when I say they, I'm talking about those in the job. When the times got tough, whether it was Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, leading up to the pandemic and into the pandemic. When the times got tough, when the heat was on, when the lights got bright, I'm telling you this right now. I've talked to many police officers that are still working. They they weren't happy about that, that they fled the scene, that many of those that had the badge on, that wore the uniform, that they bolted. And I think that we have to acknowledge that, okay, that that's the elephant in the room that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And I've talked to police officers that are still out there working, and and they said, period, point blank to me, yeah, man, a lot of us felt like a lot of these guys turned their backs on us, and specifically in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, the last several years, the hot topic has been getting more police on the force, getting the numbers up. And we all know that it hasn't been easy, and it's been (laughs) a struggle. But this is not just a Minneapolis thing. This is a problem all over the country. And law enforcement leaders have to take a long look in the mirror and say, we have to um, change the way that we do this. And that is one of the reasons why I feel the profession is struggling to not only recruit new talent, but also retain the talent that they've had. Take a look at the New York uh, data from the, from the Post. And this is remarkable. They're saying that we, we talk about we can't get people to do the job here. Look at New York City. The city plans to cancel the next five police academy classes, shrinking the nation's largest police force to the smallest it's been in decades. So listen to this number. We we talk about, I think that in general, J-Lo, the number that we've been targeting here with regards to the Minneapolis Police Department, haven't they stated for the last few years that they wanted to try to get to like 500 or like 550 police officers? Somewhere around that number? Yeah, because that's still a decrease from where they were at their peak. Yes. But it but it has gone down under that number, so they are trying to get back to at least those levels. All right, so listen to this. A total of 2,516 NYPD cops have left so far this year. 
the fourth highest number in the past decade. The number of cops quitting before they reached the 20 years required to receive their full pensions also skyrocketed from 509 in 2020 to 1,040 so far this year. That's an alarming 104% increase, the data shows. The drastic cuts will reduce the department to just 20. And this is New York City. We get it. 29,000 cops by the end of the fiscal year of 2025. We are in the midst of a police officer shortage. Not just in Minneapolis, but all over the country. Where do you guys stand with this? What do you think is a way to rectify the situation? Because I don't think it's salvageable to have the expectation that you're going to get back to a certain particular number. You may be able to increase numbers slightly. I think that a lot of the goals for a lot of places all over the country, I I just don't think it's, I, I don't think it's attainable. I'm not saying here that Minneapolis can never, ever get back to 400, possibly even 500 police officers. But the numbers that were much higher before all of this stuff happened, I just don't see it possible. 651-461-9226. What can be done to reduce the people from resigning? How can you entice more young people to consider a career in law enforcement? I know that times change. And I know that the profession itself isn't as um, on the outside for people that have not been a part of it. It doesn't look the same. It's not as coveted a position, as coveted a job. We would always look and be like, man, it's highly decorated. Man, man, police, that prof- it's awesome. It's honorable. I- I'll be honest. There's, and, and this is... This is strictly just about we're talking about law enforcement and policing because there are other jobs in this country where you're seeing declines. We're seeing less teachers, right? We've all talked about the profession of teaching and getting people that want to be in classrooms and be the best that they can be there. But we know that there's some give and take with a lot of these different things that go on in society. I think with the profession of law enforcement and policing, one of the things that we'll have to do and we'll have to change is our thought process in terms of the end game. I think with teaching and with education, one of the things that people know when they get into those jobs is that they say, you know what? I know that I'm more than likely not going to get rich off of doing this, but you know what? It's for the greater good. I think that with law enforcement, that has to be part of the mentality as well. And I'm not saying that (laughs) that most police officers out there years ago got rich, but um, it it can be profitable depending on uh, how much overtime you get, uh, side stuff that you do. But how do we change and turn the tide on these numbers? Because I think it's difficult. 651-461-9226. We'll take your phone calls. We'll do it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Late Show, News Talk, 830-WCCO, 651-461-9226. That's the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. I don't believe that law enforcement will ever be the same, and I think that we need to accept that. I think that the, the numbers will, will stay relatively low and down, and we're going to have to adjust. We're going to have to adjust. But adjusting for policing isn't all bad, okay? I think that there are certain things that we're just going to all have to do uh, from a societal perspective that should change. And I'll give you a perfect example. And, and I see I got a couple of calls. I'll get to them in, in one second. Um, I think that when we look in society right now, one of the issues that we, has been a hot-button topic here uh, in the metro area has been the carjackings and the stolen vehicles and all that stuff. We need to be vigilant in taking care uh, and doing what we're supposed to do with the adults and the juveniles that are out here jacking cars and doing all these ridiculous things. That's just, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not going to even include the most heinous of crimes, killing people and all that stuff. But we need to deal with that. Those are the type of things that we should be addressing. Moving forward in 2023 and years beyond, petty things, little things, we should not be stopping people for. Like, for instance, and this was years ago, I got stopped for an air freshener. I had it in the wrong spot. That, that's, that, I don't want that to be part of what a police officer should be doing or would want to do. That, that to, to me, in 2023, common sense is I, I don't care about that. And I'm not, and I, and look, I know that there, have, there are a bunch of different things that we write up as laws and we say we got to do this, we got to do that. There's certain things I think that, um, at this particular level, what we're talking about and what we're facing on a day-to-day, we just – I don't care about. Your example brings up another example of, of why people think we're in this mess, Dante Wright. Yeah, but but just across the board. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, like it's, the, it's, those type of things, I think that if we can get in, in places like that, we'll be able to garner more trust. We'll be able to develop better relationships. And maybe, just maybe, we can get our numbers back. I agree. But but a, but a few people on the text line um, that are weighing in, and I love the text line. I, I love when people weigh in. Um, sadly, any rational young person would probably 
not go into law enforcement in the environment there is today. Therefore, mostly uh, narcissists are going into the profession now. The only cure is going to be pay, and that ultimately falls on the tax. But I, I don't, I don't agree with that because if you're saying any rational, part, there are people that want to go off and serve the country and 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 and, and participate in wars and protect American citizens. They're people the same way, the same mentality. They want to protect and serve right here in the communities maybe that they grew up or wherever they land after college or, or after whatever form of schooling that they go to. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. From the 651, appointing your data, just because police officers left the Minneapolis Police Department does not mean they left policing altogether. Many have left Minneapolis to go to other um, – de- well, I don't really view that as a noble thing. We, we, you know, what do we teach our children? What do we say when the times get tough? Right. That's when you 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 knuckle up and you get ready to fight and overcome those obstacles. So because everything happened in Minneapolis that was terrible about a terrible situation, that means everybody runs and flees. I don't think that that's really a noble thing for a police officer to do necessarily, at least in my opinion. All right, let's take a couple of phone calls on this topic because this is something that's not just affecting Minneapolis but all over the country. Uh, let's go to Bob in St. Paul. What's up, Bob? Hi, I'm glad to talk to you. I'm uh, going to take it off speaker here. It's a little clear, hopefully. There we go. There we now, go. I, I think the way you frame up the question is, and even your most recent comment, uh, is kind of a, uh, uh, a, a spotlight into the problem. And, and that the, the real problem here is the leadership between the mayor, the attorney general, uh, Ellison, and um, uh, and the governor, and how this whole thing was was handled from the very very beginning. And nobody wants to are be you around. Talk, are you talking about Are you talking about uh, George Floyd? Well, I'm, I'm oh, talking are you, are, about are you, what talk- you were just talking about right now. It's George Floyd for sure, absolutely. Yeah, we're, but we're even t- right now, mm-hmm. if there's not good leadership for mm-hmm. these. For these police departments to, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to work for a, you know, for a, for a guy who's not going to have my back, and I'm out in a life and death job. But hold on, no way. Can I ask, let me let me ask you this question, Bob? Because um, because because I, I have questioned leadership at all levels through all of this stuff, not just in this city, but in other cities that I've worked in. I agree with you that we always have to have better leadership. But one of the factions that you left out of the people that you targeted, you didn't bring up one time Bob Kroll or the police unions or police culture. Don't you think that we have to start re- reshaping what, what that has, has to do in our society as well? Like, we cannot have police unions that don't want change. Well, I, I think the bigger problem, though, is with the, the leadership. No, hold on, Bob, 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 Bob. Are you telling me? Are you? I, it's, I, I, it's I have only one Bob. But Bob, my, my name Bob, is only one Bob. But I don't Bob, have a bunch Bob, of Bob. No, no, no. I, and I'm gonna call you Bob as many times as I want to, Bob. The bottom line is this: we can talk about leadership that involves all leaders, police involved. Yeah. You you no, want to you want you want to you want to let you want to let no you're the problem because you want you want to you want to throw and lay blame at the feet of Keith Ellison and the mayor Jacob Fry who I've criticized more than anybody on this station 
or maybe Chad Harbin's the most. But you do not want to play, place any blame on police culture at all. How dare you? And I'll call you Bob a thousand times if I want to. And if you don't ever call again, that doesn't bother me either. Let's go to Ed in St. Paul. Hi, Henry. Um, say, I, I'd like to make an analogy here quickly. Okay. Um, this, the, the whole, if you look at the whole of the situation, what happened in Minneapolis and all the fallout with the precinct building being burned, and um, I, I'd like to draw an analogy back to the late 60s and the My Lai Massacre in Vietnam. And when Lieutenant Kelly went off and, you know, basically slaughtered that entire village, what happened, the, the aftermath of that was that every soldier, no matter which Army, Marines, Navy, you name it, was painted as a baby killer. And, the prop, and if we bring that forward to Derek Chauvin, who did what we all know what he did, now cops are murderers. And whatever, you, is there a way back? Not a fast way back to start adding to police departments. I think if there's some formula that the armed services used to recruit people back into doing things to serve the community and the country, that that's what police departments need to do. But, but Ed, let me ask you this. How do we get past the stigma of that? Because most people... Most good law-abiding people don't view all cops as Derek Chauvin's or bad people. We just don't. That's just not a – any rational person doesn't think like that. How, how, but, 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 no. but, but, but you bring up a great point, though, is that those that maybe are deterred from getting into the profession, they're like, I don't want to be viewed as the next Derek Chauvin, or I don't want to be viewed as – uh, the police officers in Memphis that beat up the, the you know the young man and it got caught on video. You know what I'm saying? So those are just examples. How do they get past the stigma of that? Time. I mean, it's just going to take time and effort, and I don't know how the armed services managed to start recruiting. You even use the term young people, get young people back into interested in being in the police force. No, you know, I mean, that they had the same problem back then. Nobody wanted to be in the service. I, I, I didn't want to be in the, in the late 70s when I became age eligible and I was going to college and I had to sign up for uh, this, the, didn't sign up for the draft, but had to, had to be in line for it in order to get college aid. I mean, I, I didn't like that. I didn't want anything to do with the service, but I think now over time that's changed. And you hear people thanking service people for their service to the country. And I, I do that with police. Now, I do, too. I, 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 am, I am a rational person. I'm not one of the irrational ones that thinks we need to eliminate police departments yep. and have, you know, have city civic groups uh, manage conflicts between law-abiding law citizen and, and yep. non-law-abiding. Yeah, I I think it's just going to take time. And I I think there's a way to do it. I don't know what that way is. But I I think, again, you know, kind of repeating myself, but I think whatever model that the that the armed services used is one that the police departments are in in general should try should discover and try to follow. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Ed. I'm totally with Ed on this. I agree with him 100 percent. How much time will it take? That's the unanswerable question. There's, there's no doubt, but I'm like him. I, I thank police officers 24-7 all the time. I remember seeing, coming across um, 
the uh, U.S. Attorney Andy Luger and thanked him for a bunch of things that I know that he's done that doesn't always get talked about publicly. He does an amazing job. And so I thanked him in person, and he was very thankful that I said something to him. But uh, we can maybe get back to this conversation a little bit later here on the show. But joining us in studio next, we got a bunch of business and sports, uh, entertainment and law stuff that we're going to get into with a business and sports attorney, Steve Silton. He joins us in studio next year on The Lake Show. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back in studio, Stephen Silton, business and sports attorney, Colson O'Connor. He joins us in studio to talk about all the things that happen in business and sports on the legal side, and we appreciate him joining us. I do before we get started, because we got a couple of segments. I'm going to get a couple of segments out of you today. I, I do want to, to ask you about my opening topic tonight, and just to kind of give you a quick synopsis. Us living in Minneapolis, loving this city, loving the state of Minnesota, um, one of the hot-button topics has been how do we get more people into the profession of policing? How do we get more people on, in, in terms of, um, you know, along the career path of law enforcement? And there was some data that came out of the New York uh, Post that were talking about New York. In New York, it's a massive issue. Like, they've got so many people resigning, uh, early retirement – I mean, massive amounts of people leaving the profession. And that's, but, a, that's a tough city to police. Yes, but this is happening all over the country, though. So, so my question is, is how long do you think it will take for us to start to see a trend positive in terms of the recruitment numbers? Because they've canceled in, in, in New York City the next five police academies. Um, I, I don't think that we're ever going to get, from a numbers perspective, Back to where we were um, the first, like, years before George Floyd. I don't think that in, in – because we said that we want to get the numbers back. To, I think it's like 500 or 550 or something like that. Maybe we could get back there, but any thoughts of 700 – I just don't – I think that those days are over. I think that we need to think about um, how do we better police with the numbers that we have because I think that our numbers are going to be, be low for some time. And one of the things that a, that a caller um, called in, and we had a – a spirited conversation back and forth. He 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 wanted to get a little bit disrespectful, and I kind of you know I'm going to give him a little bit of it back. His For name sure. was Bob from St. Paul because you know me. I don't I don't play that game. Is that I will take whatever you give me in terms of talking about accountability. And he is Bob was right. There was some lack of leadership from everybody in the state. There there's no question about it. I don't care who it was, whether it was Keith Ellison, whether it was uh, Mayor Jacob Fry, who everyone right. I will accept that. I will acknowledge that. I gave Bob credit on that. But one thing that I will not do, when we have genuine and open and honest conversations like this, and spirited conversations, when you are asked a question, because I asked, I said, well, where does police leadership fall in this too? Because you can't sit there and just say it's just politicians, but you don't call out the police union. You don't call out what Bob Kroll and others were doing and not doing during that time. Like, we're all in this together. 
everybody had a hand in this. 100%. And it's, it is a very complicated issue, and it's hard to talk about, frankly, because, because particularly in this city where it's so highly charged. I mean, we're definitely ground zero. I was actually overseas, and when I mentioned where I was from, they, they said Prince and George Floyd. Mm. Those were the two things they got. They, they, they know about our city. And, you know, policing historically has been a very honorable profession, right? And in many respects, it's obviously taken some major hits. Minneapolis, Missouri, all over the place. There's just no question. Kentucky. And, and Kentucky. And, and the, it, it particularly in the minority communities and in the inner city. And I do think it's going to get back. I mean, I think things can be done to increase recruits. One thing is, is no longer let minor drug offenses become a prohibition against serving in law enforcement. Because so many kids, in you know, particularly in in minority communities, have those minor fences. weren't didn't have the resources that people do out in the the suburbs to get those expunged, and that's a prohibition. And those, frankly, are the people that we need in this profession. If we're going to get back to real policing, and if policing is going to going to going to become what it what it has been in the past. People from the communities that are most affected by crime are going to have to be involved in law enforcement. I think the biggest problem that we have with law enforcement, and then we'll move on. I think that the biggest problem that we have in this society uh, dealing with police is accountability. If we can have a, a, a day of reckoning, if we can, if we can, if we can deal with the accountability piece. Then I think that everything. I think that everything. Cha- I think that's the game changer. We cannot have police unions with all this power, and then a per- a person gets killed. So, like the young man that, uh, or the police officer that need Elijah McClain in the neck. Uh, remember, he was the kid that was yes. in Colorado that yes. was injected. He was doing. No- he was just walking home. He wasn't even doing anything to anyone. He was just walking home. Just a, a very shy kid, and they jumped on him for no reason. All took his life. And the police officer that had his knee on his neck and 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 had him in a uh, in a position that was kind of suffocating him as they were injecting him, got his job back and was given back pay for two hundred thousand dollars. Where's the accountability? That's and, unacceptable. Listen, and it's it's involved in all professions. All professions have bad apples, right? The legal profession does, medical profession does. Yep. You know, eighty percent of all claims by lawyers are essentially in in like. Two percent of attorneys. Right. And when you've got a union in this case and when life and death decisions essentially can be made, accountability is even more important. I mean, Bob Kroll was a was a major, major problem. He should never have been put in the position he was. And frankly, he insulated a lot of the worst cops in Minneapolis from accountability. And, and, and I think we're better without them, frankly. And, and hopefully things will get better. I mean, again, this is a, an honorable profession. I heard you talking about thanking police officers. Absolutely. Frankly, we should, we should go back to that. And, and we should all appreciate that, listen, it is a social compact with our government that we are safe. And police officers are the one who are upkeeping that social contract. And Absolutely. when they violate it, it is it is it is a it is a strike at the core of our society. And, and you've broken trust there. You've broken yeah, trust there. I've got friends that are in law enforcement. I got family members that are police officers. So when that happens, there's trust that's broken in the community. Yeah, when you think of the the utter damage and chaos that Derek Chauvin caused this city, it's 
It's mind-boggling because of that of that breach of trust. And we need better cops, and we need more of them yeah. because it's hard. Now we've got the, the same people doing more with less. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster. We should, be, we should be bringing in as many cops as possible. And frankly, we should be getting rid of the ones that shouldn't be. It's going to be harder to get rid of the bad ones if we don't have enough. Yeah, I'm totally with you. All right, let's move on to other matters. Let's get into the sports uh, entertainment uh, stuff that I want to dive into. The first thing I want to talk to you about is this Josh Giddy situation. All right, so Josh Giddy, for the people out there listening that aren't familiar, he is um, the one of the starting guards for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, uh, a good young player. He There's an allegation that he's been involved in an uh, improper relationship with an underage girl. Okay, so that's what this speculation is. The allegation surfaced on social media last week. There was a, a since-deleted post that an anonymous uh, social uh, media user said that a girl um, had been having, um, you know, a sexual relationship with, jo- with Josh Giddy. Um, since that time, that that social media account has been deactivated. But the video and stuff like that, and it's still floating out there. He's been asked about it. It's been kind of a no comment. The Oklahoma City Thunder, as the organization, they've kind of no commented. And so the NBA is looking into the allegations. Well, let me get you updated on this. The police in Newport Beach are conducting now, it came out earlier this morning, an active investigation involving Josh Giddy. So my question is, is, is there, do you believe that there is a situation here possibly where they could sit said player while this is being fleshed out? Because according to some other stuff that I heard and looked at earlier today, it sounds like they aren't at the liberty to do that because of the CBA. Well, you know, I was at the game last night, and obviously enough people knew about this because every time he touched a ball, the, the the entire stadium booed him. Oh, really? Right, which was which was very very interesting. And again, he's a 21 year old, and I got to be careful how I, uh, I I I talk and and phrase about this. This is sensitive, like the the prior topic as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a he's a 21 year old young adult. This is not a 30 40 year old man. Uh, you know, obviously St. P. Diddy, right? And and he's obviously a lack of sophistication. I mean, we talk about a last lack of sophistication with these athletes and money and why they it often turns off very poorly. They also have a last lack of sophistication in interpersonal relationships. And when they're exposed to the, you know, the groupies and and everybody want to be near them, right, like like young women, it I have no doubt it can be overwhelming. I obviously have no personal experience with this whatsoever. Uh, you know, in, in this situation – you know, the NBA has taken a wait-and-see kind of an attitude, right? Again, this was only on social media. Right now, the girls' parents have indicated they will not cooperate in any way, shape, or form, essentially are denying it's going to happen. Mm. And that, Why would they not cooperate? Well, because because I'm sure it was – I mean, it was a consensual relationship, surely. Uh, I, I believe she was, you know, somewhat, you know, kind of – uh, out there promoting the relationship she had with uh, mm-hmm. with this you know professional athlete, great mm-hmm. young player. Watched him play. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's a unique talent. He's talented. Yeah, yeah, real, really First unique talent. Yep. Yeah, uh, and I mean, now they're they're probably they they probably just wanted to go away, right? I mean, they they probably do. Listen, in most states, this would not be illegal, right? She is sixteen years old. Uh, this is different than than the Wander Franco issues at okay. uh, in the MLB, where there's multiple allegations. In his home country, and the and the girls are substantially younger. I think twelve, thirteen years old. Um, really, uh, I didn't know they were that. Young. Yeah, wow. I think so. Yeah, um, this is a little bit different. She's she is she was you know sixteen. Obviously, 
You know, you can have an argument whether that's old enough to make a decision to enter into a consensual relationship in, in, in California. It is illegal. If they can prove this happened, he will be convicted. There's no question. There's no defense to this. He can't say he thought she was 18. He can't say, you know, anything else other than if he had sex with her, he will be convicted of statutory rape. Yeah. All right. Six five one four six one nine two two six. If you have any opinions about any of the uh, the Josh Giddy stuff, we got some other things to get to regarding Trevor Bauer, um, who's you know who could end up having an opportunity to play back in Major League Baseball. Also, something occurring with Justin Jefferson. We get to that next after a brief pause here with Steve Silton in studio on the Lake Show. All right. Welcome back, Stephen Silton, Colson O'Connor, sports and business entertainment lawyer here in studio with The Lake Show. All right, let's talk about Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, who essentially, let's go back about a year and a half ago, I think we all thought he would never once again pitch in Major League Baseball because he had multiple allegations uh, with regards to um, sexual abuse, um, just (laughs) horrific type of stuff if you read any of it, right? Like, it, 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 there's one thing to have sexual relations with a, con, uh, a person that you feel like you're consenting with, and it'd be rough sex. But this went beyond, like, what most people would deem as rough sex. People deemed it, when hearing it from the witnesses and the people that acute made the accusations, it seemed like this was just flat out, just, this dude's an abuser. Well, there's, I think there's a little bit more to the story now. He, he was... He was let go by the uh, by the Dodgers from his contract a year and a half ago. Um, nobody in Major League Baseball was going to touch him at all, has not wanted to touch him. He goes overseas, I think, to Japan and pitches for the last maybe two years. What's the update on, on Trevor Bauer? Well, I hope my wife's not listening right now because oh. Trevor Bauer is a name that we're not allowed to mention in our house. Okay. Which is because my son was a huge fan. He actually trains where at Driveline where Trevor Bauer trains and – and 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 loved him as an athlete. And then, it's, of course, as you said, the allegations of sexual abuse came up. And and while he also claimed and and he had some evidence that it was consensual, it did in some respects look like it went beyond went, went beyond the pale. Because then, yes. Yeah, because because at one point in the interaction, I don't know if we want to get too graphic here. The, the, the woman was unconscious. Yep. And and how do you consent when you're when you're when when you're conscious? And and, and the. He, there were criminal investigations, in all fairness, and they never led to any charges. She essentially brought a civil suit that she subsequently had to withdraw. And and he became, despite the fact that he wasn't civilly liable or criminally liable, just the allegations themselves uh, essentially chased him out of Major League Baseball. Uh, and he was – it looked like he was at the downside of his career, right, in some respects. I mean I look at this, you know, if he had been 25 – would they have been more patient with him? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I think he was 32 or 33 at the time of the allegations. Uh, now he's gone over to Japan, and last year he had just a, a phenomenal season. I mean, he's he looks like his his fastball's you know back where it was. Yeah. Now. And and listen, teams are in need of pitching. It'll be interesting to see if someone's willing to take the the pressure and the public relations outcry to put him on his staff because it certainly looks like he could be a contributor. I don't think it's going to happen. And, and 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 it's not just because of the stuff, the sexual stuff here. He had baggage before this. Like he was viewed as temperamental, a hothead. I mean, some people listen to me at thirty minutes ago. I was like, "You're a hothead," 
But uh, there were a lot of things that people just didn't like about him even before this. Yeah, but, but it was for interesting reasons. His father, I think, is a rocket scientist, believe it or not, right? And he kind of had this strange upbringing with his dad. It was a mm-hmm. weird relation with his dad, which kind of isolated him from his teammates. So it wasn't like the baggage he had was because of of, of his temper or his violence. Uh, this, it was, it was, temper was questioned. When, when he was in Cleveland, Terry Francona – there was an incident on the mound where he throws the ball from the mound. I think it happened in Kansas City. It happened in Kansas City. He, he, City. Threw, right. he threw it all the way. And, and Terry Francona was like, you're out of here. Go, go, go. And, and that, became, that was kind of the, the – it boiled over at that point. So all I'm saying is you might be right. He might get another chance. I'm not betting on that. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I listen, p- teams need pitching. Yeah, they do. Right? Teams need pitching. Pitchers are, uh, are, 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 you know – are needed, and you know, someone might, you know, the Yankees, right? Somebody like the Yankees potentially could take a could take a chance on him. I mean, if he still got, listen, if he still got tread in the tire, right? As I always say, talent leads to, yep. you know, patience. People are patient with talent. I mean, you know, you look at the, I think, remember the Ray Rice situation, right? You know, he was at the end of his career, or he, I think someone would have signed him. Yeah. All right, we got about a minute left. Do want to quickly get your thoughts on the uh, the Justin Jefferson, like. He's been deactivating his social media accounts. People have been ch- chiming in and, and, and talking to him about fantasy sports and all this. Other. What do you make of this with professional athletes and the interaction with the fans that, yeah, know, I mean, in I that think, way? I think it's a, it's a fascinating type of issue. And listen, I mean, Justin Jefferson is, a, is one of the, the highest profile athletes in Minnesota. And the fact that he literally got death threats, online death threats, because he wasn't coming back soon enough because he was impacting playoffs in, in fantasy football is, is somewhat sad, right? I mean, I stopped playing fantasy sports about 12 years ago, frankly, because uh, as I was working with an agent, the agent said, you're betting against my players, right? You're betting against your own people. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it has, people, it has gone crazy. The money in it has gotten greater, right? And it's, it, it's, it's sad. I would like to see Justin Jefferson back on the field and back on social media. Uh, he will be back on both, I bet, in the next week and a half. I like that. That's what I think. We need him. <laughs> hey, Steve, man, always a pleasure. Steven Silton in studio. We'll check in with him next week. Coming up next, superstar actress Natalie Portman. Um, she has made the statement that child actors should not be a thing anymore. Wow. We get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.